For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. Sean Witt entitled, Preparing the Bride. Mr. Witt. Thank you, Reggie. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome on this beautiful Sabbath day. So my title is Preparing the Bride. You know, there's so many things going on in the world that I could talk about today. But on a personal level, I've been thinking a lot about the recent great news of my daughter, Alyssa's engagement. So it's got me to thinking. Got me to thinking about this amazing wedding that I went to about nine years ago. The best I've ever attended. The wedding was for a coworker friend of mine. And it occurred, like I said, about nine years ago when I still lived in Utah. And it was a themed wedding. I don't know if any of you have ever been to a themed wedding before. But the theme of this particular wedding was steampunk. And I don't know if you guys know what steampunk is. I'm sure there's a few of you that are, know what it is. Reggie back there says yes, he does. Uh, but basically, it's science fiction or science fantasy that incorporates technology and aesthetic designs they're inspired by the 19th century industrial steam-powered machinery. Think of beautiful fashion, Victorian era combined with industrial-aged era gadgets with futuristic technology in them. Uh, probably another way to explain it is the 1960s show Wild Wild West. They had uh, Robert Conrad, and then there was also the movie with uh, Will Smith and Kevin Kline that was in the late 90s. Both of those are pretty good examples of steampunk. So everyone involved with the wedding was asked to dress in Victorian late 1800s garb. My friend Gary and his groom were all decked out. He had on a top hat, his suit had long tails, and he was wearing a pair of aviator goggles. His bride also was dressed to the era with a long flowing dress, extra gadgets attached to look more steampunk. The invitation said, it's not going to just be a wedding, it's going to be a party. And they did not disappoint. We arrived, we found everything set in the backyard of the bride's parents' place. There was stuff everywhere. There was an Xbox gaming station for people that like to game. There was a tire swing. Samuel was pretty excited about that. He was like five at the time, so he was going crazy on the, on the tire swing. There was something for everybody. There was a fully decked out ice cream bar, which I was pretty into. Caught all kinds of different ice creams and toppings. It was just a totally amazing wedding. There was even a, a placard of a Victorian couple that had the faces cut out so you could get in there and uh, take like photo ops of if you didn't have the garb on, you could still be behind this placard and it looked like you were in the, the garb. So it was pretty neat. And there was even a dance floor with a DJ. Just everything you could think of was there. They had large tables set up for seating. And on the centerpieces, uh, they just had all kinds of beautiful things on the table. There was mason jars. They had candles lit. And the beautiful lighting strung across the yard. It was really pretty as the sun set. And like I said, they just had something for everybody. There were so many things, it's hard to remember all of it. 
There was also a tree house in the backyard that had a zip line attached to it. And just before the wedding started, we headed down that way and just checking out all this neat stuff. And we noticed that the ceremony, the chairs for the ceremony were down near this uh, tree house in the zip line. And I was looking up towards the tree house and my friend Gary, he's like up there in the tree house. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you, you got cold feet? What's going on, you know? Why are you up in this tree house? And he kind of motioned to me like it was a secret. So, okay, it's kind of weird, but I went ahead and got Kim and the kids and we went ahead and sat down for the ceremony. And the next thing I know, Gary comes down through the, the, out of the tree house and he grabs hold of the zip line and comes zip lining down to the ground, pulls out two fully loaded Nerf guns and starts shooting at all his uh, groomsmen, takes out all the groomsmen and uh, shoots his best man. And just a blazing gunfight going between all of them. I was like, wow, we, do we want to be here? What's, that's kind of crazy. But it was really hysterically funny. It was pretty neat. And after Gary had obviously won the gun battle, I mean, he had to win. He's, he's a groom. So they went ahead and started the wedding. You know, it might seem like this is all kind of corny, but it was, it was really a lot of fun. Like I said, best wedding I've ever been to. So after the ceremony, Kim and I went and we congratulated Gary. And Gary says to us, I'm actually really surprised you guys are here. And I kind of looked at him puzzled and he's like, you didn't RSVP. Oh, and he says, I assumed you guys decided not to come. And he's like, I'm not sure there's going to be room for you at the wedding supper. I mean, there's, you know, you didn't RSVP. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I told you we were coming. I just assumed that was good enough and didn't really, I must have forgotten or not really sure why I didn't RSVP at the time. But anyway, they were very accommodating to our cause. It was extra work on their part on their special day but they really tried to resolve this problem that had arisen. And I'll admit, I was, I was embarrassed. Um, like I said, I thought telling Gary verbally was good enough. Whatever the case was, I was shocked and embarrassed, and there was not a place for our family to sit. Kim was also really disappointed. She had gone to great lengths to obtain the proper garments for us and the kids. And remember, all the guests were supposed to wear Victorian era clothes. So it was a big deal. We were all decked out, and I had my pocket watch and just all the, the fun stuff on. Um, you know, it's very possible Gary could have said to us, I'm really sorry, but we just don't have room for you. And it would have been within his right. And. This made Kim and I both think of the spiritual application of what had just been showed to us on a physical level. It actually sent a chill down our spines, what had happened at Gary's wedding, thinking about being prepared for the marriage suffer, supper, and what a great real life scenario to have this happen to us. Please turn with me to Matthew 25, verses one through nine. We're going to read the parable of the ten virgins. At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the, the, brooms, the, excuse me, the, broom, the bridegroom. Five of them are foolish and five are wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil 
in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for us both. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins were ready, went in with him and the wedding, with the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others came, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So, as a bride of Christ, we are preparing and anticipating for that special day. We cannot take it lightly. We need to be actively seeking him while he may be found, asking for God's help and being filled with his Holy Spirit, understanding how much we need him. Marriage today, in a lot of ways, is not taken very seriously. Just look at the divorce rates. Up to half of all marriages end up in divorce. I had not thought of this comparison before, but when I was working on this message, and I find it interesting that in the parable, half of the virgins were foolish and half were wise, just like today's divorce rate of 50-50. That's kind of scary to think about. And I find it to not be a coincidence. Selfishness and human nature, carnality of man, will set us up to fail every time. We need God's Holy Spirit daily, renewing us to be new creatures in him, truly preparing to be his son's bride. We cannot do this without seeking him. As I mentioned earlier, Christopher and Alyssa are now engaged to be married. And they're very excited. They're going through the motions, preparing for their special day. They're learning that there's a lot involved in preparing for a wedding. They have to secure a venue still. They're trying to decide where to have that. Uh, she still needs to get a dress. He needs to find a suit, possibly. Possibly a tuxedo. Just depends on what they decide to do. And Alyssa, being a photographer, it's very important to her to have that all lined up as well. Most importantly, though, they need to make sure they're preparing themselves figuring out who they are and becoming ready to become one flesh starting as a new family of their own. How are we doing preparing for our special day of Christ's return? Are we truly making ourselves ready? What is going around us right now should be a wake-up call. It's so easy to get caught up in this life that we cannot afford to stick our heads in the sand. We need to be preparing. You know, it's easy for humans to procrastinate, putting off till tomorrow what we need to be doing today. Believe me, I'm talking to myself as well in this matter. It's so easy to put stuff off. You know, and after a long day of work, it's so easy to just come home, turn on the TV, and just escape. We need to remember that every day goes by, we're a day closer to Christ's return, and possibly another day squandered we could have used to draw closer to him. Please turn to Revelation 16, verse 15. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and see his shame, 
we need to be on top of our game. We need to be aware of what's going on around us. As I mentioned before, that things are going on, are currently going on in this world should be a wake-up call for us. Consider the context of the scripture we just read. It says that, Jesus, that Christ is coming as a thief. In other words, unexpectedly. Similar to COVID-19, and seemingly overnight, life as we knew it changed. Perhaps a good way to bring it to a personal level is to consider the parable of the virgins. But instead of them not having enough oil in their lamps, think of the toilet paper, paper shortage. With the start of COVID-19, could you find toilet paper? Virtually impossible. Kim tried to find toilet paper at three different stores, couldn't find it anywhere. She searched and looked, couldn't find toilet paper. Finally, I found some at uh, one of the stores over by where I work. They had a bunch on the shelves. So we were able to get some, but it was without a lot of hard working. Had to search high and low. You know, it would have been a lot easier if we had just been prepared and had toilet paper ahead of time. It's something that everybody needs. So why didn't we have any? It boils down to we are just busy uh, with the cares of life. Kim had been sick around that same time. Uh, I was working a lot of hours uh, trying to take care of her. Simply uh, just hadn't had time to get to the store. you know. But it's still good to make sure you have stuff like that on hand. It's important to learn the lesson of the ten virgins and have enough oil for our lamps. As mentioned in the scripture, we need to keep our garments. Speaking of, just before I was leaving for church, I'm looking around, where's my suit jacket? I couldn't find it. I should have been prepared. I should have had my suit jacket ready. So I'm looking around the closet, it's not there, and I'm like, oh yeah, I think I hung it in the hallway last week when they had the um, baby shower. So I hurried and frantically called Doyle. I was like, hey, do you see my suit jacket? Is it there at church? And he's like, well, there's a couple here. And I was like, well, specifically it says such and such inside. He's like, yeah, it's here. I'm like, okay, good. So I got my garment, but uh, could have been better to make sure it's prepared. But makes for a good example. So another version of the scripture says to keep our garments on. If a thief did break into our home, we would want to be prepared to dress quickly. I think a good example of this is when my family is under a tornado watch, we keep bug out bags nearby. If you're not familiar exactly with what a bug bag, let's see what it's called, a bug out bag. It's a small duffel bag or a backpack that has a lot of different uh, essentials in it, flashlight, uh, a few necessities in case of an emergency situation. And additionally, we make sure that everybody has their shoes on their feet. You know, in case there's destruction or such that happens, we wouldn't want somebody cutting their feet trying to get around because if it actually was a tornado that touched down or earthquake, it's good to have these for earthquakes as well. Um, you just don't know what that's going to be like. So just like having bug out bags and shoes on as a way of being more prepared, we need to be spiritually clothed using the Holy Spirit watching our behavior, making daily modifications to make sure we're worthy to be Christ's bride. Setting the right examples for others to watch, observe our actions, being children of light. Speaking of trying to have the right attitude, I work in a large metal building. It has several pieces of machinery that cuts parts for our customers. 
Our forklift operators, they'll bring the large pieces of material to the machines and they have to go outside to the staging area and it's just a big dirt area and the wind's blowing all the time and so they have to keep the doors open on this big open building to make sure they can get the forklifts in and out. This is where I have to check my attitude. The wind blows a lot. So as I'm trying to do my job, I'm looking at prints, and the wind's blowing, knocking my prints around. And, uh, I got a clipboard, but still sometimes I'm trying to see something, and a big gust of wind will come and knock my stuff over, and I'm getting a bad attitude. Imagine like you're sitting at your desk at work, for those that have desk jobs, and you're trying to do your spreadsheets. All of a sudden, a big gust of wind comes and just knocks all your stuff off your table or your desk. or being up here, the pulpit and your papers are flying everywhere as I'm trying to give the message. So this gets a little frustrating. <laughs> so I have to really watch my attitude. And I had to apologize to God and just tell him, hey, I'm really thankful for this wind. And I was especially thankful for the wind last week because it was cooling everything down. So, you know, when the temperature gets up in the 90s and the humidity is like at 140% and heat index is 120 you know, it's a good reminder uh, that God has our back, and the wind is actually very satisfying. I remember Matt mentioning the wind in his message regarding uh, setting up the tent. So we don't see it, but it's there, and God takes care of us with, like the Holy Spirit and the wind as well. This life was never meant to be easy. Uh, there's things about it that are there to test us, to see how we're going to react. Are we going to crumble or are we going to overcome? God wants to know if we're going to be a good bride for his son. Just like any father, he wants us to be obtaining perfection to be his son's bride. Speaking of our attitudes, turn with me please to excuse me, Ephesians 5 verse 8. Ephesians 5 verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. So what does Paul mean to live as children of light? Well, for one thing, it's pretty hard in bright daylight to hide. The light exposes us and shows us who we really are. God revealed to Paul what he was doing is wrong by striking him blind for three days, and he was made aware that he was living in darkness. You know, the best time to play hide-and-seek is at night because you can hide out and not be seen as easily. But eventually, you get found out. It takes a while, but God always knows where you are. We have been redeemed by God in his light. He wants us to be alert, obeying him. He wants nothing more than for us to be in his family. And he will help us to be the children of light, staying away from darkness. Darkness is where we get ourselves into trouble. Can you imagine the results of a bride for her wedding day if she got dressed in the dark trying to do her makeup and put on her dress, you know, and putting the lipstick on her eyelids and just basically probably look like a clown, you know, just getting all ready. I'm no expert, but I can say that growing up with a sister and now being married for over 20 years, I have learned that having good lighting is important for women for doing their hair and makeup. I'm guessing that the results of a bride getting ready in the dark uh, would not be very pleasing to uh, the bride or the groom. 
they would not be happy about this, what they would see. Additionally, getting ready in the dark can also cause the bride to get injured. Have you ever gotten up out of the bed in the middle of the night and you tripped over something and stubbed your toe because you couldn't see? You may be able to recover from a stubbed toe fairly quickly, but more serious injuries like broken bones, concussions, um, even death can occur from tripping in the dark. You know, and it may seem far-fetched, but I personally knew somebody who got up in the middle of the night, they slipped on their cat's uh, bed, broke, broke their leg, uh, was laid up in the hospital and died of a blood clot. So, you know, things can happen. Scriptures tell us that we are the bride of Christ, and as such, we are preparing for our wedding. In order to do this, we must have light. We must rely on our bridegroom, Jesus, to provide light for us. Please turn with me now to John 8, verse 12. And then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Notice there is a condition in this verse. In order to have the light of life, you must follow Jesus. We can take a look at what happens when you don't Excuse me. Notice there is a condition in this verse. In order to have the light of life, you must follow Jesus. We can take a look at what happens when you don't follow the next scripture. We will look into the parable of the wedding feast. All right, so please turn with me now to the parable of the wedding feast, which is Matthew 22, verses 8 through 14. Then he, the king, said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways as you may and find as many as you can and invite them to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Brethren, we are called to be the bride of Christ, to prepare ourselves, and to attend the wedding supper. Being called is not just enough. Many are called, but we must choose to walk in the light of Jesus and allow him to perfect us. We must choose to put on the garments of righteousness and the, that the king provides for us. It is not enough to get dressed in the dark and show up without our wedding garment. Thinking back on Gary's wedding, I did not fully prepare. We spent time finding the perfect clothes to wear, handcrafted a one-of-a-kind gift for them, and we got to the wedding on time. But we forgot the most important thing. We did not RSVP. We have all been invited to the wedding and the wedding supper. Even more so, we are in fact the bride. Have you RSP have you RSP excuse me, have you RSVP'd to God? Have you showed him you're committed to him and his son? Are you making sure you have enough oil in your lamps? And do you have your garments ready? 
God in his mercy and perhaps in preparation for this message today, he allowed us to attend Gary's wedding supper. Similar to what happened in the verse we just read, some invited guests who had RSVP to Gary's wedding did not show up, allowing room for us that in itself shows God's mercy. But God being God, he took to another more meaningful level, showing his mercy and grace on a much more personal level. You can see a personalized gift. You see there was a personalized gift prepared for each guest who attended. A tiny tin box with uh, candy inside uh, with the guest's first name written on it in permanent ink. Obviously, in order to be given this personalized gift, you would have to be RSVP'd ahead of time so you could personally have one created for you. I did not RSVP, so, but there was still a tin there with my name on it, and it was spelled correctly. What are the chances of this? I don't believe this was a coincidence, but God's showing his mercy and bending down to show me in his absolute love, here is a tin with my name on it. And I was going to bring it up here, but I left it on the chair back there. But it's, it's a little metal tin, and it has my name right on it, Sean, which is pretty cool. The God, even in the small details, would have that for me. You know, in closing, these are tumultuous times. It may be challenging to think of preparing for a wedding with all the craziness going on right now. But let's find renewed hope and commitment looking in Revelation. So please turn with me to Revelation 19. Verses 7 through 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. This is a promise. The wedding is happening. We have been invited. Make sure you prepare and make sure you RSVP.